Well, I've got to confess this morning, this week and in the lead up, I, I struggled to write this message. You know, I've been, I've been busy, but, but that's not really the reason. I just couldn't quite figure out what to say or what to draw your attention to on this topic of serving everyone always, because there's just some part of me that can't quite comprehend the fact that God, the creator of the universe, chose to come to earth in human form to lower himself to the position of servant. Jesus was born to serve. He deliberately made himself nothing in a society where power and status was everything. See, most people don't choose to be a servant, do they? Some might be born into servanthood, some are forced into it, some might even accept it when there seems to be no better option, but people rarely choose it. I struggle to see why Jesus would choose that, but he did. And you know, to me, that speaks to the very nature of our God. He was up here and he chose to enter into our world down here. And I think that that's powerful. He came to serve mankind and to sacrifice himself for us. And see, this concept of serving everyone always, it requires a total shift for us in our thinking, in our posture, in our actions. But I think it's born out of this place of understanding just how incredible it is that God came down to earth in this position of humility to serve the people that he created. And, you know, I think it's more accentuated when we understand a little bit of Roman culture. You see, I don't think it's actually that hard for us to understand because you might note some similarities in their, their culture, in their world, and how our world is today. See, back in Roman culture, people found their identity through their position. It was all about power and it was about climbing the ladder and doing whatever it took to move up in status. And there were these sort of seven classes, if you like. And at the top of those classes was Caesar. He held all the authority and the power. And then underneath that was the Senate. And that was comprised of about 600 politicians, and they also held a lot of authority and power. Then there were the equestrians, and they had had enough money, they'd accumulated enough stuff to sort of buy their way into a position of power. And then the decurions, so the city politicians or the city senate. And these four classes of people, they were less than 3% of the population but they held all the power and all the resource. Does that sound like today? There was a citizen then, then the freedmen, the people who had been formerly slaves and, and got out of that, who had been set free. And then at the bottom were the servants. And this is where Jesus enters in, in this culture that's sort of built on climbing ladders. The promised Messiah is born in a stable in a place where animals eat. It's not exactly very dignified. And he's come from the highest high and he enters in at the lowest low. And as he grew, he preached this message, not of power, not of trampling those who are underneath him, but of putting people before himself. And I just hope this morning that you can take a moment before we really get started to appreciate how incredible that is. If nothing else, let the weight of that sink in and remind you of the kind of God that you're in relationship with. So this morning, I want to give us a little bit of a formula, I suppose. A few keys, essentials that will help, hopefully enable us to serve everyone always. 
But you know, they kind of apply to all of the weeks that have been in this series. If you remember back, we started off with how we love everyone always. And then we moved to how we welcome everyone always. We forgive everyone always. And then last week, we honour everyone always. And so this formula, it's going to come up on the screen. It's mindset plus the posture of your heart equals action. And as we move through this morning, you'll see how it doesn't just apply to service. It it applies to all the weeks that we've been looking at in this Everyone Always series. See, if we can change our mindset, if we take on a different posture, our actions are different. How we treat people will ultimately be different. So the first thing I want to look at this morning is the fact that servants have a different mindset. They think differently. They put others before themselves. And I want to take a look this morning at this great passage from Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. And if you want to turn with me to that this morning, I'm going to read from verses 1 to 8. It's called Imitating Christ's Humility. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing of the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves." Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. See, it begins up here. Love begins up here. Welcome begins up here. Forgiveness, honour, service, they all begin up here. See, most people who hold the authority and the power, they want to be honoured. They want to be held in high regard. They want to elevate themselves instead of lowering themselves. Their mindset is not to make themselves nothing, it's to make themselves everything. To be known, to be seen, to be recognised, to hold influence. But I love this passage because it tells us some of the qualities of people who are going to serve everyone always. They do nothing out of selfish ambition, they're not conceited, and they look to the interests of others. They have the same mindset as Christ. And that mindset says, I'm actually okay with being less, with being low. Jesus was God in human flesh, yet he didn't actually exploit anyone that was beneath him. Instead, he walked in humility and he looked to the needs of others. In the message translation, verses 7 to 8, it says he didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. A selfless, obedient life. That's the kind of life that I want to live, but it's hard when we live in a world where there's so much pressure to get ahead, to gain power, to gain influence, to be known. 
And you know, I know way more people in my world that are selfish than those who are selfless, myself included sometimes. And you know, I think it's easy to get trapped into following our selfish ambitions, even sometimes when we're doing those things to serve God. A couple of weekends ago, I was down in Melbourne at the training college and I was there with a group of other people um, like me who are candidates who are going to become Salvation Army officers next year. And it was just this weekend where we went down and we got to see the campus, we got to meet people, um, we got to ask some of our questions. And you know, we're coming together as one territory here in Australia. But that process is, is kind of s- slow, I suppose, because all the, the staff and the people that I met down there, most of them are from what we used to call the South or the Southern Territory. And I didn't know any of them, really. They didn't know me. And the more I met people that I didn't know and who didn't know me, the more nervous that I felt, the more I sort of had these thoughts of like, well, how will people know what I'm like? How will people know what I can do or what I can't do? I felt nervous and I felt unknown and I suppose I felt low in terms of my status there. Have you ever felt like that when you've walked into a new environment where maybe people don't know you? But then there was this time together in worship on Sunday morning And, you know, we were given this same passage from Philippians 2. And we were asked to go away and reflect. And I felt challenged by those words that say, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Nothing. See, my mindset was off. I'd allowed these thoughts, these human thoughts to take over rather than taking on the mind of Christ. Because ultimately, it's not about me. When you're in that situation, it's it's not about you. It's about your obedience to Christ. It's about your obedience and as you grow in likeness to him. See, the temptation for me would be to enter into this place where I don't know everyone with this need to prove myself, needing to get ahead or to climb. But that's not what Jesus requires. It's not what he exampled to us when he came to earth. He showed us how to live a selfless, obedient life that wasn't defined by selfishness or vain conceit or the desire to climb a ladder. What he did was to make himself nothing. And by emptying himself, he became known, not because he wanted to prove himself or because he desired to get ahead, but because people saw God in him. And you know, that might seem foreign to some people who might feel as though you're pretty important. Some of you might be, I guess. But you know, the concept of lowering yourself and making yourself nothing, it doesn't mean you lose who you are your value or your worth. It's simply about developing an others first mindset. In verse seven, it talks about how Jesus made himself nothing. In some versions, it says that he emptied himself. So we might ask this question, well, what did he empty himself of? And along the line, some theologians have said that he emptied himself of the attributes of deity. But most people would agree that that's sort of impossible for God because then he wouldn't be God. Some other people have suggested that he emptied himself of his equality with God, that he surrendered some of the privileges of deity, and there might be some truth in that. But grammatically, the idea is not related to the verb in the original language. It's more a metaphorical metaphorical use of the verb, which might best translate as he poured himself out. He poured himself out. It's not that Christ emptied himself of his divine essence or substance, 
But it's more of a poetic thought that Christ poured himself out for people. He put himself totally at the disposal of other people. His mindset wasn't how can I get ahead, but how can I help people? See, he didn't just serve people that were going to gain him position or power. He served everyone always. It didn't matter who, Jesus poured himself out because he thought differently about the value of people. And he came to flip our idea of power and authority on its head. Because we read in scripture that in God's kingdom, those who make themselves low are the ones who are elevated. He took on a lower status, one of a slave, rather than potentially claiming that all he could because of who he was. There's no ladder climbing in the kingdom of God. What he requires of us is to go lower, to be less self-important, to be more aware of the needs of others. That's the mindset of a servant. That's the mindset of Christ. And, you know, just in case we weren't totally, totally sure about the way Jesus served throughout his life, in Roman culture, the only thing that was worse than a servant was a servant who died publicly on a cross. That's how low Jesus was willing to go for us. He was willing to make himself a spectacle so that you and I could come into right relationship with God. That's pretty incredible. We can experience a different identity, one that has its mindset transformed, and we're asked to lower ourselves in the same way to serve others. To ask yourself not how high can I climb, but how low can I go? But it's hard to develop that mindset because we want to be known, we want to be acknowledged, and our world says to us, you know what, get ahead, no matter what the cost is. We don't often want to be low in our society or in our communities, even sometimes amongst our family and our friends. It's a challenge to move from just knowing all of this stuff about what servants are supposed to do, what Jesus did, and actually thinking and living differently. So we have to have a different mindset, the mindset of Christ. And the second thing we need to work on is that servants have a different posture. Their hearts are different. Their attitudes towards people are different. Servant-hearted people are okay with being last. And I love this beautiful story that Linda read for us earlier from John 13, verses 1 to 17, where Jesus demonstrates this posture of service to his disciples. I'm not going to read it again this morning, but you might want to open to it if you've got it there. So this story takes place just just um, before the Passover festival. Jesus knew his time was almost up and he's sitting around with his disciples. They're, they're sort of eating and enjoying each other's company. And Jesus gets up and he wraps a towel around his waist and he fills a basin with water and he goes around one by one, kneeling at the disciples' feet, washing their feet. And if you understand any of the context of this time, you might be able to picture a little bit of what it might have felt like to be in that room. See, I think sometimes we picture or we see um, painted images of this beautiful moment in time where Jesus is washing people's feet and everyone's just reflective and calm and it's all beautiful. But you know what? The disciples would have been totally shocked. They would have been like, what is this guy doing? Washing feet was the job of a slave. In fact, some slaves were even too good for this job. 
People wore sandals and just bare feet a lot of the time. They walked everywhere. Their feet got dirty. They would have been pretty gross. And it wasn't a job who anyone who was anyone would ever be caught dead doing. And Peter felt this. In verse 6, it says, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. The disciples didn't quite understand what Jesus was doing. It would have been a bit tense and awkward and weird in that room. But Jesus wanted to set an example for his disciples of what it truly meant to get down in this posture of service. See, washing people's feet is truly disgusting at the best of times, is it not? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Like, feet are gross. And I kind of feel like now, even when we live in a world where most of us wear shoes and socks and most of us drive cars so we don't have to walk kilometres on end each day, it would still be kind of weird if someone got down and started washing everyone's feet. I feel bad when I pay someone to give me a pedicure, like it's a gross job. It wasn't very dignified back then, but Jesus wants to show his disciples what it truly means to serve. This person who they believe to be king, the promised Messiah, physically gets down on his knees and shows them this posture of service. It was such a contrast to what they believed that kings and people in power and authority should be doing. And we need to have a different mindset to get to that different posture, one that's okay with being last, one that's okay with serving instead of being served. You know, when I think of people in my life um, who show this posture of service, I can't help but think about my grandma. And she'll probably be embarrassed that I'm bringing this up, but, you know, at 26 years of age, all the family dinners that I've ever been to I cannot recall one time where my grandma has sat down and eaten before the rest of the family and the extended family have eaten, right? She's just always behind the counter with a pair of tongs or handing out food, asking people if they've tried one of these or they've got enough of that. My family's smiling because they know it's true. She will never serve herself before everyone else is taken care of. And you know, the problem is then, that by the time she sits down to eat, usually the first person is finished eating. So she wants to get up and start clearing up and making sure everyone's got enough seconds and whatever. It's almost annoying because she never sits down and eats with everyone. But you know, the posture of her heart is to make sure that everyone else is served before her, to make sure that everything is taken care of before her own needs. And this is what Jesus does. It's this posture of getting down on your knees, He's more concerned with the needs of the people around him than how gross and undignified it is to touch someone's feet. And not all of us need to get physically down on our knees and wash people's feet because, let's face it, not many people like to have their feet touched. But it's about not the action that Jesus performs. It's a demonstration of a different posture, of a different heart that's been transformed because of a different mindset. Jesus gets on his knees and he blesses his disciples. And you know, Jesus really shows us what it means to serve everyone always. 
Because it's pretty easy for us usually to serve the people that we like. It's easy for us to put our family first and to serve them. It's easy for us to to serve our friends or the people that we know that are generally probably going to serve us back someday. The problem is it's hard to serve people that maybe we don't like as much, we don't get along with as much. And Jesus takes it a step further, right? Because you have to have a think about who was in the room with him that day. Jesus moves over here and he kneels and he washes the feet of the man who's going to betray him. Jesus moves again to someone else and he takes off the sandals of someone who doubted him. He moves along again and he washes the feet of someone who's going to hurt him because they're going to deny that they know him. And I wonder this morning, can you ask yourself, when is the last time you served someone who betrayed you or who doubted you? When's the last time you served someone who hurt you? Think about those people that you disagree with, your thoughts don't quite align with, who are different to you. Can you have the posture to still serve those people? What's your mindset? What's the posture of your heart? Do you have the same mindset of Christ? Do you have the same posture that he has? Or will you only serve people who are going to help you advance and climb the ladder? See, what happens when we learn to connect our mind, what's going on in our head to our heart, is that servants are moved to action. They know in their head They've had an experience in their heart and they live differently. They treat people differently. Verses 14 to 15 say, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I've shown you, so you should do it. If I love everyone, you should love everyone. If I welcome everyone, you should love everyone. If I forgive everyone, if I honour everyone, if I serve everyone, you should do those things as well. You see how it works? If Jesus does it, then we must do it. If Jesus served everyone always, then we too are called to serve everyone always. You know, I know a lot of Christians that know all the right things to say. They know what love is, they know how to welcome, they know some of the principles of forgiveness, they might know how to serve, how to honour, but you know, they can't connect that to their heart and so it produces nothing. We have to be able to actually follow the example of Jesus, not just read about it, even not just agree with it or recite it back. We don't even need to really feel that warm and fuzzy about it if we're not going to live it out. The world doesn't need Christians who know about Jesus. The world needs Christians who are going to live like Jesus, who have his mindset, who take on his posture, who act like he acted in becoming a servant to all. And you know, when we're moved to action, the best part about this passage is we actually benefit from it. Sure, we help others by lowering ourselves, by going last, but we're promised something else. In verse 17, it says, Now that you know these things, 
You will be blessed if you do them. If you do what I do, you're going to be blessed. And you know, it's not the type of blessing that means that we're going to prosper, that we're going to get more stuff. It's the type of blessing that is connected to deep levels of satisfaction. As we serve others, as we put other people before ourselves, that's when we become satisfied. See, I think a lot of people, they want to be connected into the church. They want to be satisfied, but they don't want to be committed. I don't understand people, especially some people in my generation, who say things like, oh, I don't get anything out of church, or the church isn't meeting my needs. I just kind of think to myself, what Bible do you read? Because everything I read says it's not about me. It's about others. Everything I read says it's going to be hard. It's going to demand sacrifice and commitment. But it's out of a different spirit because I recognize what's been done for me. See, it's when we stop sitting here with this like feed me attitude and engage in service, in putting other people before ourselves that we find this deep satisfaction. Satisfaction is found in service. Because that's God's design for his people. If you do these things, you'll be blessed. You'll be satisfied. Jesus is saying that to his disciples, if, if your mindset's like me, if your posture's like me, if you act like me, you're going to find great satisfaction in this life because your identity won't be found in climbing a ladder. It won't be found in your position in society. It's going to be found in me. And you're going to experience my best life for you because you're doing what I did. You're serving others. You're putting other people first. See, when we gain positions of power or influence, often we want to be served. Sometimes when we don't even have those positions, we want to be served. We want it to be about us. But Jesus came. He came humbly and he took up this position of servant. That's who he was. That's who he showed himself to be to his disciples. And that's what he's calling us to be as well. This morning, we're going to spend some time in reflection. A bit of a, um, I suppose I want you to reflect over this whole series. Maybe there's one of those things that we've talked about, loving, welcoming, forgiving, honoring, serving. One of those things that really plays on your heart. You're not sure how to grow in that or to be better in that. I would encourage and challenge all of us that actually we all need to grow in each one of those things. We need to not lose sight of what it means to grow more like Jesus. And we're going to sing this song this morning. Beautiful words that many of us know that are based in this scripture from Philippians 2. To be like Jesus this hope possesses me in every thought and deed. This is my aim, my creed, to be like Jesus. This hope possesses me, his spirit helping me. Like him, I'll be. I wonder how many of us this morning can say that that's what possesses us, you know? Is everything in your life pointed towards that desire to become more like Jesus. And so this morning, I want to invite you to reflect. And this place of prayer is, is open this morning. 
And I just want to remind people that this is not a place of, of shame or condemnation. In fact, this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to move forward and just to come and to kneel, to get down in that posture before Jesus and say, I just want to be more like you.